With Siata Dishmania, let's continue now in understanding the purpose and what we're saying in Artefilot to Hashem. And so at the beginning, we're starting now a new Sefer, the Rigshay Lev, which uh, I guess we gave out a lot of the um, invitations to people to come and join us regarding women on Tefillah. So um, we did in the previous lessons, you know, we touched upon the first parts of of uh, the this uh, these lessons. But you know what? We're going to repeat it again. I guess we, we scattered and the previous lessons of the Shema and Amidah, we got a little bit of these of, of these teachings from the Sefer from Rabbi Menachem uh, Nisel, and so I'm going to bring them back down again because basically just for these two two uh, sections here because we do have a lot of new students and so we can do this here. All right. So now the purpose of Tefillah. Now imagine the Adam Arishon opening his eyes for the very first time. How do we picture it? He sees a beautiful lush garden, a a panoply of color, a gorgeous array of flowers, vegetation, and trees. The first moment of man is a visual delight, a celebration of existence. Wrong. So let's try again. Hazal teaches us, Adam Arishon opens his eyes and sees a bleak, barren world. No colors, no flowers or foliage. He is surrounded with desolation and earth forlorn in hues of brown and gray and adam looks deeply into himself and understands that in order to survive in order to justify the purpose of his creation he has to nurture and build the world around him but when adam looks at the miserable earth he recognizes his total inadequacy to fulfill this task so he feels a deep emptiness an existential world void he has been created incomplete for his for this task so now Adam looks heavenward and he does something that represents the most basic instinct of humanity. Something that connects all of humanity in every culture and in every age. He does an act perfected by the Abos, purified by the Kohen Gadol as he enters the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur. Performed by, by generations begging for Mashiach, yet also practiced by the lowly thief as he breaks into his victim's house. He prays. Adam Arishon pours out his heart to the Creator, acknowledging his inadequacy and beseeching the Almighty for help. And within moments, the rains come pouring down. Within moments, the goodness of the earth bursts forth and the arid ground transforms into the glorious Garden of Eden. Man has prayed and God has answered. And the rest of history follows in as much the same pattern. You and I are like Adam Arishon. The word Adam, man, has the same root as the word Adama, earth. And we'll explain later in more detail that man who is made from Adama justifies his existence by bringing up the potential of the Adama. Thousands of years later, you and I are still planting seeds in the ground, justifying our own existence. The earth still needs to be plowed, planted, and watered to bring out its innate goodness. So how is this expressed in practice? We build a home, raise children, and work to improve society. So as Jews, we study Torah and build a world through Hesed by caring for the many needs of Klad Israel, and we too feel inadequate. We need rain. We pray for rain three times a day. So the Sukkot festival revolves around the need for rain. There's a whole tractate in the Talmud tractate Tanis, which deals with the halachot regarding rain. So why are we so obsessed with rain, especially in our modern non-agrarian society? 
Rain remains the everlasting symbol of earth's dependence on heaven. The natural influence of Shemayim, heaven, on the Adama is expressed through rain. The word Geshem, rain, is related to the word Gashmi, physical. Rain symbolizes Ruchanius Shehid Kashem, the transformation of the spiritual into the physical. When we look heavenward for our many earthly needs and ask for healthy children, success in a business venture, or protection for Eretz Israel, we are requesting the transformation of the spiritual into the physical. We're asking for rain. So we, like Adam and Yishon before us, enter the world of prayer. As the Adama is dependent on Shamayim for Geshem, so too we express our eternal dependence on our Creator. So now let's go a little deeper. All of prayer is asking for miracles. A miracle is defined as anything. Limala min hateva. An event running beyond the course of nature. A miracle is not just an event that defies nature, such as switching the gender of a fetus, which we should not pray for. A miracle includes stretching the bounds of nature beyond that which is expected. This is the essential request of all prayer. So imagine that a person is about to have an operation and the doctors say that the chances of survival are 50%. Nature dictates that this, his chances of survival are one in two. And similarly, suppose you want to open a new business in a field where one and two businesses go bankrupt within the first year. Your chances of commercial survival are 50-50. Nature is bound by the laws of statistics. Nature dictates that the strong defeat the weak. And the large and mighty nations defeat small and feeble ones. We pray and ask Hashem to override the laws of statistics so that we, the, the sick, can only with, with only a slight chance of survival can survive. We ask that our business ventures succeed, no matter what the pundits have predicted as is possible. So in the world of prayer, the weak can defeat the strong, as history has shown with prayer. A ragged army of frail Maccabean yeshiva students can defeat the invincible Greek army. In other words, when we make our 13 requests, which comprise the central core of the Shemona Esrei, ranging from personal requests for wisdom, health, prosperity, to natural requests for the rebuilding of Jerusalem, we are in fact saying the following. Hashem, without your divine intervention, we are left to the laws of nature and statistics. In such a state, we cannot survive. We are as hopeless as Adam after the first moment of his creation. We too want to work the Adama. Please send down Geshem from the heavens. We need miracles. So Hashem has his own reason for wanting our tefillot. Picture a devoted father looking forward to his busy teenage daughter's weekly request for pocket money. His only chance to spend quality time with the daughter he so loves. And similarly, our Father in Heaven enjoys the spiritual moments when we take three steps forward to speak to him. To understand this on a deeper level, we need to ask a few questions. Why did Hashem create Adam inadequate? Why did Hashem make mankind's first moment of awareness so filled with despair? And the Talmud answers, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires the prayers of the Sadiqim. Adam Adishon's role as a creation that must be perfect, the world was transferred to the Avos. So term Avos here includes the Imachos and then to Klad Israel. And we see that both the Avos and Klad Israel replay Act 1, C1, in that life of Adam Arishon, the first personal information that the Torah tells us about the Avos is that Sarai was barren. The Avos were denied their most fundamental aspiration to build Klal Israel. Hazal comments, why were our Avos barren? 
Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires the prayer of the Sadiqim. The first collective expression of Kali Israel as a nation is when the children of Israel groaned in prayer. So why were the Jewish people born into the suffering of Egyptian bondage, ensuring that their first national expression would be prayer? And similarly, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu put Kali Israel through the terror of being locked in by the mighty Egyptian army in the sea just after they finally left Egypt? And again, Azal answers because HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires the prayer of the Sadiqim. At first glance, this answer is so hard to understand. Why would Hashem create suffering just to hear prayers from Sadiqim? And surely those who have totally dedicated their lives to a service should not have to suffer. And yet from their very first steps, Hashem singles these righteous people out for hardship just so that he can hear their prayers. And furthermore, how can we understand why Hashem desires prayers? One can dismiss such behavior from a flesh and blood king as the antics of someone with an inflated ego. Hashem, however, has no human attributes and no ego. More to the point, why would the creator care to be praised by his own creations? It seems as meaningless as getting pleasure from a robot that you programmed to salute you. So in order to answer these questions, you have to probably, you have to ask probably the most important question of all. Why did Hashem create man? Hashem created man because he is good. God is the ultimate good. He defines goodness. A part of his goodness is his is desire to share goodness with his creations. Therefore, Hashem created the world with man as its centerpiece so that he can bestow goodness unto man. Since God is the ultimate good, the greatest good that God can give man is a connection with himself. There is no greater good than closeness to Hashem. Thus, the reason God created man was to give man the ultimate pleasure, a relationship with God. So now let's follow this through step by step. Instinctively, man pursues pleasure. A wise man pursues good pleasure. What makes something good? Physical pleasures are limited in their goodness. How much will a person pay for a luxury car or a gourmet meal at a restaurant? So beyond a certain price, a sane person will no longer part with this money. But certain pleasures are priceless. Try to put a price on a friendship or on the pleasure of a mother that a mother feels seeing her daughter under the chuppah. Or the feeling that you have just taught your child something valuable. There is no price. These pleasures have a spiritual quality to them that make them priceless. And the more spiritual the pleasure, the greater the feeling that the pleasure is meaningful and good. The ultimate pleasure is the ultimate spiritual experience. So hence the greatest pleasure we can experience is a relationship with Hashem. In this world, it's hard to have a relationship with Hashem. We are caught up in the hustle and bustle of our daily lives. Even with a life permeated with Torah and mitzvot, it's difficult to think of God when we're breaking our heads over a hard gemara or helping a little old lady cross the road. We're really like the teenager daughter who has no time for her father. So how can we develop a relationship with Hashem and enjoy the greatest pleasure possible in this world? We can enter the world of prayer. Prayer is a natural form in which we can form a relationship with Hashem. We take three steps forward and find ourselves in front of His divine presence. No one is allowed to walk in front of us because it is rude to interrupt a conversation. We talk to Him, cry to Him, praise Him, and thank Him. He listens to every word we say. No prayer from the heart has ever been wasted. If we're fully focused on Hashem's closeness at this moment, we experience a pleasure that has no equal in this world. And this is the moment that fulfills the purpose of creation, the moment of closeness between man and God.
So we can now understand the real reason why man finds himself in a perpetual state of inadequacy. Hashem engineers the world to provide man with the constant opportunity to develop a relationship with him. All the complexities of life are excuses that enable us to experience the pleasure of closeness to Hashem. All our challenges, problems, and torments are roads that lead to prayer. In addition, all of his creations, out of all of his creations, it is to Sadiqin that Hashem desires to be closest and to give the most pleasure. HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires the prayers of the Sadiqin out of his infinite love for them. The suffering of the Abos and Klad Israel are a means to facilitate our Father's bestowal of infinite goodness on his children. From the very first moment, Hashem singles them out for special treatment. For example, Sarah is denied her most basic expression as a Jewish woman, and Sarai was barren. And Sarah is one of the one who laughs, laughs, and laughs loudest as the joyful mother of Israel in this world and the next. Nevertheless, whether we are Sadiqim or not, the purpose of prayer remains the same. Hashem created a world in which we cannot survive without tefillah because Hashem wants to keep us close. So we now have two themes in prayers. Our first theme portrays the world of prayer as a world in which inadequate man brings God into his life in order to survive. And as we travel through life and face a myriad of obstacles in our quest to work, the Adama, tefillah is our opportunity to turn to Shemaim and ask for rain. Our second theme describes our prayer as a special opportunity to develop a relationship with Hashem. It's our little space in this world for the ultimate pleasure, closeness with the ultimate good and these two themes seem to be at odds with each other it's a relationship with Hashem the means to solve our many problems or are our many problems a means to have a relationship with Hashem and the answer is astonishing although it seems counterintuitive all our struggles are in fact nothing more than a means to have a relationship with Hashem every challenge pain and moment of suffering from the anguish of Adam Adishon when he opened his eyes for the very first time to the agony of the birth pains of the Mashiach the messianic area exists so that man can connect to God the act of prayer is not a solution to man's inadequacy rather man's inadequacy is an opportunity for prayer our challenge is to internalize this crucial point. When life seems to be good, we sometimes see prayer as a chore, part of our daily ritual which we squeeze in between brushing our teeth and breakfast. When, li when life seems to be bad, we rush to our sadurim to solve our problems. In fact, all of life's events are just roads to prayer. So when the road is smooth, Hashem is challenging us to acknowledge that we can take nothing for granted and are totally dependent on Him. And when the road is rocky, He gives us the opportunity for extra intensity in prayer to achieve an even higher level of closeness to Him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires the prayers of the Sadiqim. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen Ve Amen.